Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is going on, everybody? It is the uh, the craziest time of football, and it's May because every week is the craziest time of football. We hit the draft. We got Best Ball Mania starting, and I have to start this episode with an apology to Ben Gretsch. What is that? Uh, well, I feel as though after I had Karain on the show a couple of months ago or a month ago or something, I've hopped in and watched a couple of the ship-chasing drafts. And since he drafted with me, he wants to draft running backs all the time now. <laughs> and I feel like I might have clockwork oranged him that draft, and now he's broken. And I apologize. I'm very sorry about it. That's uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I hadn't noticed that. But, I, I mean, I remember the one right after he came on with you, we drafted a bunch of running backs, and uh, that was pretty funny for sure. Yeah, I think he was trying to get Zeke in the fifth after you guys had already drafted like five running backs. It was, right. uh, it was bananas. Anyways, we were just talking before the show started about how crazy this offseason's been, how nuts the draft schedule was. What were what your biggest takeaways from the offseason? It could be draft. It could be some of the free agency stuff. What, what, what really stood out to you besides everything? Yeah, I mean, well, it would be everything. It would be that um... – this is going to be one of the most unique football seasons we've ever had for fantasy football, for drafting, um, because we have so many te- I mean, every year we understand that there's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of chaos. That's sort of the driving force behind a lot of the content that I do, that we have to understand strategies that can um, – be resilient and potentially even improve amid, you know, the chaos of an NFL season. 
But this offseason was so chaotic that it's already, I mean, it is incredibly difficult to piece together what a lot of these offenses will look like. There's almost no team that's been untouched by this offseason. And so it's going to be a really fun one. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff from past years, for instance, like wide receivers not performing as well when they change teams, right? That's been a very popular um, bit of analysis that's been done and shown and and a lot of discussion around that, the reasons why. Um, that's going to be super, super relevant this year. Obviously, we have not only a ton of high-profile receivers changing teams, we have a, a several good quarterbacks changing teams, the Russell Wilsons and those things. And if you buy into, um, you know, the idea that the wide receivers changing teams sort of performing worse has anything to do with quarterback play, then obviously quarterbacks changing teams can influence it on the other end as well. So you have like, I mean, think about all the teams that have had some type of massive shift in terms of their, you know, key wide receiver position or quarterback position. Just thinking about the quarterbacks that are going to be thrown to the receivers, that's going to be new on a lot of offenses. Um, and it, even the ones that you just didn't like, just the, the I was startled by some of the trades. No one thought that Tyreek was getting traded. There was like not even a rumbling about it. Um, AJ Brown, we knew he was like contract related stuff. I just think there was like a paradigm shift and the way that teams are going to approach the wide receiver position. And it's going to be like they approach the quarterback position where they're looking at, do we want to invest short-term cheap money and draft these guys for four or five years, get them under contract, or are we going to unload the clip on paying these guys? And it just, it felt like they really started to get into that quarterback stratosphere for me. And it's like, is this what these teams are going to be looking at going forward? Are they going to be comfortable walking away from guys even though they're still technically in their prime. A.J. Brown is definitely in his prime. Tyreek Hill might be towards the tail end of it, but he's still in his prime. And like, so the way teams are going to approach that position specifically going forward is it's going to be tougher to evaluate, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Um, Yeah, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Still Still in his prime, but he's one that when you were saying with Tyreek, more towards the tail end. I mean, he's one that for me is like, when you're talking about the team decisions, mm-hmm. he's the mo- most glaring one that, I mean, I think he's going to be good with the Raiders, but you have a situation where obviously him and Rogers have had sort of a preternatural connection for a lot of years. And a lot of the stuff that they do is pre-snap, you know, um, right. signs or, or, or just mental like glances, right. And they know what they're, they're on the same page. And obviously he played with Derek Carr in college, but um you know, there's basically nobody better than Rogers at understanding situations and understanding all of that stuff. He's obviously always been so great at getting teams to jump off sides and understanding, hey, we need to snap the ball. We get a free play here and how valuable that can be. Uh, he's he's understood a lot of different things in the, you know, the, the actual like h- how to like make the game of football, how to like break the game of football, how to like optimize it for, right. for, for success. I think he's done a lot of things really intelligently over the years. And a lot of what he and Adams do in the red zone, the back shoulder stuff, a lot of the quick hits is all related to that. And then, you know, Adams gets traded now. I still think, like I said, very, very talented player, but you're talking about him being later in his 20s. Raiders gave up a lot to get him and then signed him to a huge contract. It's it's going to be tough in a couple of years to see how the Raiders are going to feel good about that. 
because I don't think the production can be at the same level, just almost as a default because of how much of it was based on this connection with Rogers. So it's, yeah, well, you're asking for someone that's been the number one guy essentially for the past, however many years you're paying him as the number one guy going to a new situation with a quarterback that I don't even dislike Derek Carr, but I mean, it's not even comparable really between the yeah. two. And, and it's just like, yeah, I get your point. But the other problem is that division they're in, it's just an arms race. So it was either, are they going to sit out and just not play football for three years? Or were they going to make moves? I, I, and, and, and I don't once you hire, answer. you hire McDaniels. It's funny how the off season goes. Cause they hire McDaniels and then the Russell Wilson trade happens. And you're like, Oh, well now we're the worst team in the division right now. And so I think there's like, if I'm a Daniels, I'm like, man, I wish I would have backed out of another head coaching job because at that <laughs> point, after after the Russell Wilson trade, I mean, now that you have Adams, like they're, the, the Adams, it is an arms race, but the Adams trade isn't going to help them win that arms race. I don't think they're still going to fall behind. And so you have, you know, a tough outlook for the next couple of years. The, their best kit course of action was probably to just start building for two to three years down the road. But, um, yeah, but how do you sell a head coach on that? How do you do that when you've already yeah. hired a new head coach and brought right. him in under a different, you know, idea? So that's uh it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be interesting for Raiders fans. Yeah, and I just think it's made like just in terms of best ball, since that's like what we focus on here, it's just made this offseason and like watching these drafts just bananas because we started drafting, you know, essentially in January, which is stupid. But that's what we did and we're drafting teams in January and just the, the shakeout between that. I mean, usually after the draft, we see this massive shakeout, but it's like every week there was a massive shakeup. It's like Tyreek gets traded. What do you do with Tyreek now? People are still drafting him ninth. Is it still the right spot for him to go? I don't know yet. I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out with Waddle. They got two or at quarterback. Um, I don't, I, I think he's the same thing for me. He can't produce at the level that he produced at in Kansas city. In yeah. Miami, I just I just can't see it happening. Um, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I do not like him in the first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's still going in the first round most of the time. These drafts have been a little weird the last two days. I saw, I got Christian McCaffrey seventh yesterday once. I got I saw somebody take Cooper Cup fifth. So like people are letting weird shit happen, honestly, in these drafts, which I'm sure we're going to see in about five minutes. I just want to talk about the draft real quick because I'm sure you're not sick of talking about the NFL draft yet. Um, was there any team that you just thought like elevated its stock a ton with a pick or two just purely for fantasy football? No. Clearly not the two teams we root for. Um, What's Yeah, no. no this, not the Seahawks and Patriots had to have had the worst two drafts I've ever seen yeah, in my that, life. That wasn't, those weren't, uh, well, yeah, I mean, no. Uh, Seattle Gosh. definitely needed to take a shot on on a QB. They did all right with the tackles and some of the, almost every other pick they took other than Kenneth Walker was a premium position. So they're taking some swings at some spots that, I mean, if you're in a two, three year rebuild is smart. If they hit on right. some of those guys, right. you got to run cheap contracts. But the Kenneth Walker pick and not taking a QB is just the headline. And so, yeah, they had a pretty horrible draft in that regard. We're not um, going to talk about what the Patriots did because I still don't understand it. And that's someone that goes into the Patriots drafts knowing that they're going to screw it up. And they just uh, managed to one up themselves every year with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Like when you were asking that question, who, 
like elevated themselves. I mean, I think the Jets obviously come to mind because their skill position group is now really impressive. Um, they add Brees Hall to Michael Carter. They add Garrett Wilson to Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. They even get uh, a pretty good tight end and Jeremy Ruckert, and they brought in C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin. So they're going to have bodies at tight end, you know, able bodies at tight end at least, and, and Rucker could be pretty decent, I think. And so you have this weaponry now. Like that's that's the way the modern NFL is going is this understanding of depth at the skill positions. We got to have spread offenses. We need to be able to be four deep at receiver. Um, and we need to understand that like guys can get hurt and stuff. So we still need to be four deep. We need to have depth. We need to have a lot of options. The Jets are a team that's building that type of skill group. It's just a question of can Zach Wilson play up to that level? And I kind of think not. So do you I, think that they think he can though? Like my, <laughs> my question with them is, and, and I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan, but like the dude's going to go for nothing. And if they're going to just pull the cord on Zach Wilson, is that like the a surprise team that could just go after Baker and they just rose at them and just like, you know, move on. I don't think they're in a position this offseason to make. I mean, none of us believed in Zach Wilson, but the Jets did. They took him 102, right? And so yeah. nobody really thought he was a, the second overall pick worthy, but the Jets were clear early on they were going to take him 102. I don't – I mean, they're not – the, the people in that building that believe that then don't have a, a change of opinion a year later. So I don't yeah, think that's yeah, what that's Baker true. winds up. But if he has another really tough year, it wouldn't be that surprising to see them bring in a, a 2023 rookie quarterback if they're picking high again. That's sort of where I'm at with it is like if it's clear after next year that Zach Wilson probably isn't it and they have all this young talent, the skill positions, a 2023 mm-hmm. quarterback could maybe make this a really interesting offense. Yeah, I just it's just a weird spot to be in when you at load up all this talent around the guy. And if like he fails, you're going to go to another rookie and hope that he hits. And then your team's just in shambles. Like it's just, yeah. It, it, I mean, I, I love it because it's the Jets, but just objectively looking, it's just one of those shitty spots. For me, the, the team that kind of <laughs> like I'm still trying to figure out if I like what they did or not is the Falcons. I mean, they had to do something, and, and they definitely did something. I just don't know if I buy into any of it is the problem with them. So I'm still – my the wheels are spinning in my head like, do I want to draft Falcons this year? Do I not want to draft Falcons this year? And I'm leaning towards not drafting them, but I could be swayed like on that. So I think they're interesting. I mean, I think that's, it's a good spot for London. Um, Tyler Algier was a good – I believe day three pick, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, late running back, if you're going to get one that, you know, he has some potential to to eat up carries at least for them and be better than Mike Davis was last year is the way that I would put it. Um, Desmond Ritter, I like. I, I think, you know, I'm buying a lot of the reports when I hear from basically anyone who watches him on film that he's got high IQ, he processes well, he understands how to, you know, read defenses pre-snap, all of these things that are going to translate to the NFL. There's questions about his accuracy, but um, – and, and that's, a, that's a real issue. Like, that's the most important trait in my mind in terms of transitioning from college football to pro right. football at the quarterback position is accuracy. Uh, but there's some mixed reviews on that. I haven't watched a ton of tape on him. It'll be interesting to see – I mean, it, it seems like one of those things that 
could be overcome basically with mm-hmm. enough talent around you and you have pits and you have London. And, but I mean, Mariota is probably going to start and then, you know, we'll s- sort of see, but I thought Mariota was a smart addition too, a, a good bet to make um, familiarity with Arthur Smith. They were both in Tennessee together. So um, well, moving off from Matt Ryan was good just in general. Yeah, like, they, they got to do something different. They, they had to do something there. So like, <clears throat> I think bringing in anybody made sense because, when you bring in Mariota, if you move on from him in a year, nobody's going to care, right? Like, it's the perfect. It's it's all upside. And if the rookie hits, the rookie hits. The The last two things I want to hit on, then we'll jump into a draft real quick, is speaking of the rookie quarterbacks, we were, like, crazy about rookie quarterbacks last year. There was five of them. Like, well, I guess four that we were drafting. We, we But five that we thought were going to be good in the NFL. And the ones that we were drafting just did not hit. And has that made you gun shy? I know this class is a lot lower in our heads than that class was, but does that make you any more gun shy on these rookie quarterbacks this year and drafting them on best ball or any other team other than Dynasty? Not really, no. <clears throat> and actually, leading into the draft, I was arguing that was a pretty big inefficiency because the fantasy community was sort of overreacting to 2021, but I thought the QBs would go higher than they did. I, I think everyone did. Um, Mm -hmm. now that they, you know, only Pickett lands in, in the first round, none in the second round, three of them in the third, you wind up with Sam Howell all the way back in the fifth. Um, there's some intriguing profiles there and, and actually some really interesting landing spots, Corral to, to Carolina, Howell to Washington, Ritter to Atlanta. None of those guys are really clearly blocked. The veterans ahead of them are all kind of like. We don't think these guys are necessarily that good types. Obviously, Wentz, Darnold, Mariota. Um, <clears throat> there's definitely room for those guys to start this year, and those teams aren't going to be good. And they, if I was running those teams, I'd want to know what I have in those. Even though I only took them in the third round and the fifth round and everything, I'd yeah. still want to know what I have in, in them this year. I'd want to play them as soon as my season's done. Um, and and frankly, maybe by week one, if they're good enough in camp. Like I don't see there's like there's in my like Washington thinks Carson Wentz is worth trading two third round picks for. I I don't think Carson Wentz is worth starting week one. I, I would want to see what Sam Howell has in week one. But yeah, it's, um, it was so I think it also shows like the the gap between us and NFL front offices still, where we're like they need to be drafting these quarterbacks higher. Um, they need to be doing this, doing this. And then we watch them just fall and fall and fall. And then they make trades like the Carson Wentz trade. And we're all in our minds going, what the hell is happening? And it just shows that like. I did see a really interesting chart and I don't know who it was from. So apologies on that. But it, it said that basically every year that there was historic draft capital used on quarterback, the next year there was very low capital. And that followed again where 2021 was one of, when you add up sort of like the pick values of where the quarterbacks went, it was one of the highest of all times in terms of right. um, the, the amount of capital the entire league spent on quarterback. And then 2022 ended up being one of the lowest. And that apparently back to like the seventies, almost every time is like four other times that, that there was as much capital spent as 2021. The next year it fell way off. It was like way below average. I mean, I don't, you know, there's fewer teams then, I guess, that don't have a young quarterback. We have we've had an influx of a lot of young quarterback talent. Maybe some of these teams felt like they could wait because the, the 2022 class wasn't looked at very positively, mm-hmm. and they're sort of playing chicken with each other. Because 
it didn't seem like there was a lot of teams that actually were interested in drafting a quarterback. Right. And so, right. Um, the teams that they, they still all landed in the spots that we kind of expected them to land, right. <laughs> Carolina yes. and Atlanta and Washington, we kind of expected would be teams that might take a shot on a quarterback. Um, Pittsburgh obviously goes in, in round one and does it. Tennessee was a surprise with Malik Willis, but maybe there's something to that 2021 on the NFL level, actually. And, and, and frankly, the last few years, there's a lot of young quarterback talent in the league. Maybe there's something to that leading to the 2022 class being, you know, falling collectively falling more than we expected them to. But I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I guess I don't really know how to play it yet. I haven't really thought through, but um, I think I it's tough to, to probably want to take these guys with late capital in the real life draft in, you know, in best ball leagues, but they got upside. I mean, the Ritters and the, um, the Howells and the Corrals, they all have mobility. They all have a spot where they could start. There's, I mean, there's a, an argument to to get different and take some of those guys late in in, in best ball drafts. Yeah, and I don't think they're gonna. Cre- I mean, I know they're not gonna creep up the way that some of the guys creeped up last year. Like you're not gonna be doing the the Justin Fields, Trey Lance. They were getting up to silly, like seventh, eighth round, I think, towards yeah. the end last year. None of these guys are gonna do that. I I can't imagine. Pickett's gonna probably be the highest one at some point. And even if he's announced a starter, he's not going to go above the 12th round. I will say with those other guys, I don't think I want to be taking him now. I think that's one where we'd want to wait because in a tournament like, you know, best ball mania three, where there's going to be teams drafted in August, they're going to have more information on whether those guys have a shot to start. We're going to hear stuff by August if they're actually competing to start and they're not going to climb, like you said. So you know, it might just be a wasted pick for us now, and we're not going to get a ton of pick value relative to where you might be able to take those guys in August. You can hammer them after you hear that they're actually in the starting competition. But um, actually, as we talk through this, it's making me think that I want to I want to get you know two good quarterbacks basically because there's well, a lot of teams that are unsettled. I don't want to be taking Wentz or Donald or Mariota either. You know, well, that's been a. I've already noticed that's the big problem this year in Best Ball Mania. That's different than last year is you can get i know we were talking about it in like super flex drafts where you can just be like you know blocked out a quarterback early and not as early as a super flex but in best ball mania if you don't have one or two quarterbacks by round eight right now you're kind of bodied out of them and then you're starting to hit that kirk cousins tier and i found that pretty interesting where like last year you were getting stafford brady yeah. Um, some other guys hurts. like hurts 10th, 10th to 12th round, 10th round mostly, but you could still, you could push it or push your second guy to the 10th round. And at the moment you cannot do that, like in general. So quarterback's been real interesting. Um, quarterbacks have been interesting. Some of the, some of the dead zone running backs have been interesting yep. and we'll, we'll talk through it as we do it. I'm actually going to hop in now. Um, so while I'm hopping in this, just remember to like and subscribe to Spike Week. And also make sure you take a look and check out Ship Chasing, which I know everyone's a big fan of. And uh, I listen to the Stealing Bananas podcast whenever I can, too, on my commute to work. So check that out. And uh, and, your, and all your written work is really good as well. So check out Ben Gretsch wherever you can. He gives you some really good insight on everything. So look at that. We are already full. Um, 
How are we looking? Can you see the screen? Um, reason not not really actually no. Okay, all right. I I, I know the names well enough that I can kind of see them, but you might want to zoom in a bit. Yeah. What pick see. are we? We are the twelfth pick, of course, because everybody nice. hates us. So yeah, we're the we're the twelfth. Um. Oh my god, I haven't had to zoom in on the screen in a long time. Give me one second to remember how to do it because I am an old control and scroll on on PC for me. Uh, <clears throat> yes. The other team that I really like from the draft, just sort of how they left the draft, was mm-hmm. the Bills. The Bills are another team like the Jets that have, and you're a Patriots fan, so you probably don't love this, but they just have so much weaponry at all the skill positions now. Like the O.J. Howard ad, to add to Dawson Knox, low-key thing, okay, now you have two good tight ends. Then they go... Right. And they get um, James Cook, right? And so now they have an additional running back. They added Jamison Crowder. Um, who did they get at receiver in the in day three? He's got a good profile, but I can't remember exactly which one it was. Oh, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I remember them drafting them. Look, we what got is, five. It's a small school dude. Um, Khalil Shakir. And so you have a lot of depth at receiver now, too. I mean, they still have – they brought back Isaiah McKenzie and – um, even though they lost Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, they're like five, six, seven deep in terms of interesting profiles at receiver. They're a team that like I think has been smartly building out a lot of depth at, at the skill spots. Yeah, I, I don't think that the Sanders and Beasley losses are going to hurt them too much. Beasley probably maybe more them. than – yeah, exactly. It's probably going to help them. Beasley might hurt in terms of like comfort level for Josh Allen if we want to get hand on the dirt, cause that's just like his, you know, his little reliable slot guy that will do like a five yard out and he's just where he needs to be. But I think that they have plenty of guys on the team between McKenzie and, and Dawson Knox and just everybody yeah. to replace them. They should be more than fine with that. So we're going to so, be coming up on our pick now. You um, realize we're going zero RB, right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, not going to make you do anything weird during a best ball mania. Now, if you want to come back on the show in a month or two and the puppy's out and we want to do some weird drafts and have some fun, we can do that. But nothing weird during during best ball mania is kind of I don't I mean, that, there's not a running back that goes in this range that I'm aware of that I'd want to take unless Javante still going this high. So for me, it'd be pretty clearly two. Yeah, Javante, we're obviously not going to get him coming around, but he has right. slipped some. But I, I don't think you want to pay this price for him. I think at this turn, it makes a lot of sense to be hitting two non-running backs. Yeah, so it's obviously digs for one of them, right? Yeah. I mean, that's where we're going there. No-brainer for me, and I think Kelsey's a no-brainer too. Like, I would love to start Kelsey. You want to go digs, Kelsey? I'm fine with doing that because I don't have any Kelsey yet. Um, where were Where were you thinking? I don't mind going somewhere else. Well, that's where I was gonna. That's where I was gonna bring up. It's like I don't really love Debo. I don't love Tyreek in this spot. Right. Where are we on CD Lamb at this point? And I like him, but I don't think you need to take him here. Yeah. I mean, I think Kelsey's a like it, it's a, a a pretty big structural advantage in a zero RB build, especially to get an elite tight end. And then without Tyreek Hill, there's a lot of other good pass catchers in that in that. Uh, offense now. I mean, getting Sky Moore was big for the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs did well. It's another team that did well. Juju, Sky, a lot of depth there. They brought in MVS. They have Meikle Hardman. 
Mm-hmm. Brought in UDFA Justin Ross, who I really like, but Travis Kelsey's. I mean, I know he's on the wrong side of 30, and eventually he's going to have a cliff here, but he's going to no. get absolutely peppered. I'm fine with it. My only pushback on it would be I've seen Kittle going in the fourth round. Okay. Which I think is like, it's a nice pick. Yeah. It's a, it's if you can get Kittle in the fourth, and I and we got a lot of smart people in this draft, so that might not happen. I saw <clears> Bime for a hop in here. We have um we have Felix. Yeah, we can just won. go Kelsey Kittle. Let's just go bully tight end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather take two tight ends earlier than two running backs. I've also noticed in these drafts so far, like I was, and it might've just been a comfort level because I did so many of these last year where like by the 12th, 13th round, I was still happy with players on board. I feel like players dry up a lot faster right now. And it could just be getting used to the new situations and everything like that. But by that ninth, 10th round, I'm like, I don't want to draft any of these guys. Like in terms of in a ninth or 10th round pick where, Last year, I loved ninth round. I loved the 10th round. I was like, I love these guys. And it just seems like it dries up so much faster this year than it did last year. So, again, I've done like six of these, and it might just be based on on getting used to these drafts this year. But We'll find some guys. No, we'll I mean, find them. Yeah. <laughs> just... I haven't done a ton of drafts either, so it, it might be – we might be struggling in those later rounds if, if you don't have a lot of names that you love, but I think we'll find some guys. Yeah, I, th- I think it might have been a problem that I love names in that spot last year too, though, because I think maybe you get a little too comfortable and you're just clicking on two or three names every single time mm-hmm. and you're just getting overexposed to some players because you're like, well, I just know I like this guy. Um, oh, by and forth, Javante Williams, surprise. That's a shock. Yeah. We're real shocked about that. Nice pick by and forth. I, I'm I'm interested to see where AJ Brown goes. So I've been taking I've have a couple AJ Brown shares, and it's usually been towards the end of the second, beginning Mike of third. Evans over Brown. Hmm. That's an interesting. Didn't anyone one. see that uh, AJ T Higgins over Brown? Good Lord! Didn't you guys see that him and Jalen Hurts are best, friends? best friends? They went to Disneyland together. Yeah. Do we not remember Cooper Cup? yeah i mean i'm i mean i think it's silly to not want aj brown i understand the concerns with the eagles being like the number one rushing team last year but do we remember how the the eagles started the year off by getting bullied by their fans to run the ball more so i don't think and they went extremely run heavy for a stretch they went like four maybe five games in a row where they were their pass rate over expectation was at least 10 percentage points below expectation, which is like, you know, 10th percentile for the, for all teams for the whole season. And they were doing it every single week for more than a month. And it's like, okay, that's not going to happen again. They don't, they don't trade for AJ Brown and all this stuff. And there's virtually no shot. It's, it's a question of how much more they pass. They might still be on the low end. They're not going to be as low as they were last year. They're not going to have a stretch like that. No, and I think they're telling you that they don't want to be that team. Like in turn, like as much as they were last year. I think, you know, I'm not saying they're gonna go throw it 75% of the time, but they they're looking to show you that they want to pass the ball more. The the playoff game probably scared them to death where they just got absolutely absolutely destroyed by the Bucks the entire game. And they just realized they couldn't keep up in games like that. 
Um, so we're going to be coming back around. Is there a position you want to look at wideouts? Yeah, there's a, I mean, I got a few guys in mind. Are, I'm used to ship chasing where I was, we like, don't talk about it until we're on the clock because we're always afraid of getting sniped. But I mean, we took Kelsey. I think a Mahomes pick here would make plenty of sense. And then, oh. yeah, I was looking at Deontay. I'm always looking at DJ Moore. Uh, and then Deontay, Deontay goes. Um, yeah. who, who's there at running back? Just out of curiosity. I don't think there's a lot that I would. Yeah. I mean, maybe J.K. Dobbins for me. There's not a lot of names on that list that I want anything to do with right now, actually. So um, I think Mahomes is a really interesting pick with with Kelsey already on the roster. And then for me, it would probably be D.J. Moore. I mean, I can't argue any of it. Are, what, where are you on McLaurin this year? Because um, I like him still. I, I'm, I'm, I would say that I don't. I, I'm not particularly high on him with Wentz. Um, I don't hate him, but I've never been a big McLaurin guy. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's very good. But part of his profile in his first few years, his best seasons, was he ran a ton of routes. Those teams were very pass-heavy. He was like league high in routes. I look at targets per out run as a huge stat. His targets per out run have never really been elite. They've been very good. Mm-hmm. They've never been elite. I think people get a little bit carried away with sort of what tier he's in personally in terms of like what his potential upside is and stuff. He hasn't really shown this like top 10 upside other than when he runs a ton of routes. And now you have the Wentz thing on top of it. And so for me, it's uh, at this price, it's kind of a hard pass for me, honestly. You So you still don't like him. And I know he was going second round last year. So fourth is still too high for you on him. It is. Yeah, I would. I mean, he's somebody I would consider in. Maybe in like the sixth round, fifth round, sixth round. It depends. There's a drop off at receiver for sure. There's I'd have to like see who the guys that are available because there's a lot of guys in that range that are sort of questionable. Wide receivers not insanely deep this year. So, yeah, I, like last year we were the fourth round. Last year was the best round of the draft in my opinion. That yeah. was the Evans, Godwin, DJ Moore, um, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, like where we were just you know, how do we not want all of those guys at that point? And you just had your pick of any of them. I don't think I ever drafted anything other than a wide receiver around four last year. Yeah. It was the clearest wide receiver round in like <laughs> yeah. any year of any drafts ever. Yeah. It was just so easy to do. Uh, and to your point, it does, it does feel like it draw. And I, I'm saying 30 things, but there was players throughout every round at wide receiver. Like we were getting Hollywood Brown in what, like the eighth round last year. Um, and I see, know. I think like behind DJ Moore, that's sort of where this drop off is too. Like, I'm actually not that like out on McLaurin and this pick. Like, the four people behind us all went away from receiver. Mm-hmm. Now we're seeing sort of this next tier of receiver go. Um, I like Godwin quite a bit, but a lot of these guys that you're seeing there at the top of the receiver list, like that's that that was the drop. You know, DJ Moore. I would have loved to get Deontay and DJ Moore at the turn. But that's part of why I was like, let's go Mahomes to get our stack because I didn't really like two of the receivers there. See, and I don't hate grabbing Mahomes. Like, I, I got roasted for grabbing Mahomes earlier yesterday. But I, to my point earlier, you are losing out on quarterback a lot quicker. And I'm not yep. like I'm not like panic picking. I'm still picking with a purpose, right? Like, it's, and, and, I mean, we have Mahomes, Kelsey, and there's a lot of ways we can build that stack with KC now. Like, there's right. a – we can take Juju, we can take Sky, we can take MVS, we can take Meikle. Like, I'm fine with any of those dudes on my rosters. We can take 
in a zero RB build, Ronald Jones or CEH even. And like, yeah. this can be a really interesting KC stack um, that is easy to do once you have the, like a lot easier to do than past years where you had to pay for Kelsey Tyreek and then get Mahomes. It had to be your first three picks, right? right. This year you get Kelsey Mahomes. You can build that out a lot of different ways. So, hmm. yeah. I, and I think it leaves us open to possibly taking our second quarterback before the 10th round, if it makes sense to. Yeah. I, I, I'm not opposed to doing that, especially this year. Last year, I would have been a little more heels dug in on the ground on something like that. But this year, not as much. Is there any guys that you were just like completely out on this year that you just think other people are on that you just have no interest in? Um, there's sort of always guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I won't take Ezekiel Elliott this year. No? Um, just looking at him on the board. Yeah, there's almost no shot. People are focused on them not removing him, you know, removing his playing time or anything last year, even though he was really bad. And so I've seen a lot of this, like, you know he's going to stay on the field. First of all, I reject that hypothesis. Last year, they were looking ahead to this year where they still had the $30 million cap hit and they had they had to have him through 2022 or they had to hope that he was good enough that maybe they could trade him or something, you know, get a team like the Texans to take his contract like the Cardinals did with David Johnson. So they kept mm-hmm. playing him. They weren't going to bench him. But this year, at the end of the season, they can get out of his deal. They can cut him finally. And they almost certainly will at the end of this year. So if he's that bad again this year, I actually think he can lose playing time this year. I think it's a different scenario than last year. And people just are assuming that it's this exact same scenario as last year. And Tony Pollard is a free agent after this year too. They have every incentive to run him into the ground as well. So that's a good point. I'm really just like, I'm already concerned about his health and, you know, hitting the age cliff and all that, but I'm not buying that. He just has like work waiting for him. And that's the only reason to take him in the fifth round when you already think he's not necessarily the same type of explosive back, especially, I mean, essentially with running backs, as soon as they start to hit the downhill decline, like there's no reason to be in on them at all. All right. So I, for me here, like I freaking love ETN here. I kind of love Brees Hall. I would be fine going running back, running back right now. But I'd also be fine with like a Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy. I don't well, know. What do you think? Well, we'll take Brees Hall and I'm fine with Brees Hall. Where are you on? We'll, we'll talk about ETN in a second. <laughs> um, where, where are you on drafting Devonta Smith when we already have AJ Brown, though? We don't have Brown. Oh, yeah, we didn't take Brown on this no. one. Sorry, I'm so used to drafting him. No, I'm fine with Smith. Right. I'm fine with Smith or Judy, to be honest with you. I, I, I'm fine with either. I, th- I have him very very close. Um, let's take let's do Judy. Let's do, let's do Judy. All right, let's do Judy. Um, yeah, I'm out on ETN this year, and I'm not drafting him at all. And Well, there's your first mistake. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I, I mean, I'm more than fine with if I'm wrong on this, that's okay. I think he's overvalued. I think, you know, fifth round, I mean, we would have got him in the sixth. That's a little better, but it's still tail end of the fifth round. Broken foot. I don't know, dude. There's just a, I just, there's a lot of red flags to me on ETN between everything. And especially on underdog where it's half point PPR. And we want that dude catching tons of passes. I don't know, man. Like, 
He's sell me on ETN. Tell me why profiles as the guy who will catch a ton of passes. That was his profile. His profile was um, right there with Najee Harris. I had him ranked higher. I think most analytically inclined people did. Uh, they went one pick apart in the draft. My argument is if he doesn't break his foot and he plays in any capacity at all, essentially mm-hmm. last year, that he's not going at the five, six turn that he's going not in the first like Najee. Cause he wouldn't have got that kind of work, but he would have done something. This is like running backs get enough opportunity, whether it's something in the passing game or something in the ground game, couple long touchdowns that people would be like, look at Javante, for example, that people would be excited about him. You have James Robinson with the Achilles tear is going to be behind ETN in the rehab process. ETN looks like he kind of has the red carpet rolled out for him. Um, To me, it's, it's like to get him in the sixth round, like Brian Ford just took him in the sixth to get him in the sixth at this time last year, really the only way to, to think you could have a player of ETN's caliber going into his second year in the sixth round is if he just doesn't play the whole year. If he plays at all, he's going at least in the third. He's a young first round running back with a really strong profile. Talk about the receiving stuff. He's playing with his college quarterback who threw him all those passes. He had a really impressive receiving profile in college. Like I think there is something to that with quarterbacks and running backs, just knowing when you're checking down where the guy's going to be, man, I didn't realize Juju was going to go here i almost would have liked to reach on him to, to, for our stack but that's yes but six seems really high for juju but I uh if, i don't know if i would have reached for him did i sell you on month. etn at all um i guess like in terms of the fact that he might have been in the third round if he had played at all last year yes but i also have a problem with drafting any running back in bad offenses and I'm not ready to crown the Jaguars as having even a decent offense yet. So I, this is DeAndre Swift from last year. He's going to catch as many balls as DeAndre Swift. He's going to be explosive like Swift was on his touches. Yeah, and I faded Swift all last year, yeah. and I felt good about it. Good choice. I, it was a good choice. <laughs> it was a great choice. Swift was great. What are you talking he, about? He was good. He was not great. Oh, come on. He was good. He was not great. He had like a few great games. You're happy you faded Swift? Trey Lance in the seventh prime four? Good Lord. Okay. Congrats so that's on the first backup quarterback to go off the board. Thank you. Okay. So here's something we agree on because I'm that's the one guy I am definitely not drafting this year is Trey Lance. Not touching this dude at all. I mean, that's my argument. They're not even they're not even out of Jimmy G yet, which tells me something. I don't know what it tells me, but it tells me something. That... I mean, the dude that led them to the NFC Championship last year is still on the roster. I'm not taking the quarter. I, I like Lance, but I'll get my exposure to him in August. Like he's not going to go that much higher than the seventh round. And we don't know what Debo's doing yet. I can't imagine he's getting traded. Like, is that would have happened over the weekend? I would think. Um, because the Jets were offering a 10th, or is that just a rumor? And they turned it down. That's the 10th overall. I didn't supposedly. Hear that. I, for Garoppolo? I mean, no, I'm talking about for Debo. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a rumor, I think. That was like speculation. But I mean, just, I don't know, man. Like, Trey Lance just seems bad, especially this early. Are we back? Go click on uh, 1131. Go to receiver. We got to get. You know what we're about to do, right? I have a feeling. I have I a feeling. We, I think we should go London Burks. That's what I thought we were doing. Yeah, I'm fine with that. 
just just hit the two rookies. These guys do not belong at this spot. That is silly. I mean, they're already good values here. Well, still, I mean, Burks is a no-brainer. What's there at running back? Running back, we're looking at Singletary. Ooh, we, I mean, we could consider CH, but I would I would take another one of those receivers, I think. Or unless you want to look at a QB as well. We could get our second QB you were talking about. Uh, well, we'd be looking at Stafford or Rodgers, and we'd have to backdoor stack Rodgers, which is not overly hard. Um, but I'm fine with taking another wide receiver. Yeah, let's go to receiver. Let's get our fifth. I mean, I, I'm good with Ayuk. We still don't know if that, uh, Debo gets traded. We could take Garrett Wilson. We took Brees Hall. We're already kind of buying into the Jets being half decent. Mm-hmm. I'm down with that. All right, we'll take Wilson. That's fine. We'll still go rookie, rookie. Yeah, it would have been nice to get London Burks there. That would have been the absolute great play for this turn pick. I So, yeah, you had me all flustered with Lance. I I completely agree with you. I just can't take Lance in the freaking seventh round right now. I don't – under what precedent? Um, because we like their head coach. I mean, that's basically what it is, right, at this point? And that he can run would be the other caveat with Trey Lance at the moment. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like Lance. I definitely see the, the ceiling when everything breaks. Right. But um, I mean, I don't know that that's a definite when everything breaks, right. There are a lot of question marks. He's one of those dudes that I just wouldn't be drafting in May. Uh, I'll be drafting in, in August. Cause I don't think he goes much higher than that. Like I was saying, but <clears throat> Um, even if the, the, the best part about this, is even if Bimevor is right, Debo comes back and Lance starts, there are still outcomes where Lance isn't that good, right? Like that, remember when he started last yeah. year? That's my other, that's my whole other thing. Yeah. Is maybe he's just not even good. And I'm starting to come around that way on Justin Fields too. Um, more so because they did nothing to help him. Yeah, he's in a tough spot, dude. I really like Justin Fields, but I, I did. I'm too. not going to have a ton of exposure to him because I don't know. I, I don't know what like. My thing with Fields is he has to take a huge step forward just to look mediocre. <laughs> like that's that's a good point. He yeah. doesn't have anything. He's got to carry his team. Yep, he's got to be the Superman of the league to do anything. And we were we ranked all the offenses before free agency and everything went and I was big on Chicago this year, but mostly because I thought they were bringing in a big name wide receiver to put on the other side of Mooney. Um, you know, maybe the Ridley stuff is what caused them to lose out on the wide receiver musical chairs. They were just the last team, but other than getting like Debo or something, and I don't know if that's going to happen. They just look like a rough roster and I want nothing to do with Chicago after thinking I was going to want to stack them all the time this year. Mm-hmm. And it's just as simple as they didn't get one more guy. They needed one more guy to make it right. feel like, okay, this offense can 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 scream. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. Somebody, I mean, especially somebody that could like earn some some strong targets. I mean, I think Mooney's pretty pretty good, and I think Komet could be good. So I'm with you. Like, if you get somebody opposite Mooney who can actually, if they would have got a Sky Moore or something in there, I mean, that would have been, I'd have been pretty comfortable with their top three weapons, you know, but. This is not an NFL where you can have Byron Pringle as your third pass catcher. <laughs> yeah, and they don't, and they're going to lose him probably. Yeah, I mean, like, so what? Well, so they have like 
uh, Equinemius St. Brown. Like, oh they my just, God, they yeah. brought in a bunch of dudes that are just like, this just is absolute not... scrubs. Yeah. And I'd love to just have somebody opposite Mooney in order to take Mooney. And I'll still have him here and there, but it's just, it's not the level that I thought I was going to be on with Chicago this year. Um, we're going to be re ranking all the offenses in like a month or so, me and Bime for. And that's going to be like one of the biggest falls for me. Spoiler alert. I, I just, we had them as like stack when we can or something like that. And they're going to be a void at all costs now for the most Check part. Check out uh, the other positions here. Who's available as we are almost back up. You got wide receivers, but you want to just click all of them and see what ADP is telling us. Yeah. So right now we got Carter still on board. Obviously he's staying up there because. Yeah. We don't want him with Hall. Right. Of course. Um, yeah, I'll just scroll through a little bit. So, wait, go back to the top real quick. So, I could see us going a few ways. I could see us going to Pat Freermuth, who I really like, and getting our tight ends done with just Kelsey and him. I could see us taking a QB to just get a second one. We're already pretty, um, bought into Mahomes, and I don't mind waiting there and maybe trying to get Zach Wilson and sort of backdoor our, our Jets yeah. thing we got going on. Mm-hmm. And then I like um, some more receivers, and so I'm always just down to take more receivers. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that too. And, I, and just to validate my point from earlier, <laughs> we're in the ninth round, and this is our quarterback list now. It's Cousins, Fields, yep. Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Tannehill. So Boyd is one of the receivers that I think is just a, such an easy pick there. He's he's a I like to call small miss, big hit type of guy. So I think Jamison Williams is still a really good pick here. Like I understand he's come back from the ACL, but uh, like uh, reportedly is already running and they took him so high. I think they think he's going to play in year one. Well, uh, so okay. this was an argument with me and buying for last night. Cause I took Jamison Williams around this point and he laughed at me and I was and like, Kareem hunt was there. Like Kareem, Kareem hunt is like a six round player every other season. Is there something I'm not thinking about with like a, some type of suspension or something related. I don't. I don't think it's suspension or anything. I think that people are still just like gun shy to take Kareem Hunt because they thought he was going to get traded. I was one of those guys. Clearly, that's not going to happen now. But he's a good secondary. Like he's he still plays. He's a right. good RB two in a zero RB build for sure. And he has contingency value. If Chubb gets hurt, Hunt is a star. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, if even if he were to get cut, I don't even know that situation. Because I like I really like Dearness Johnson as like a late, late, late round guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know yeah. what his cap casualty would be if they cut Hunt, but if he goes somewhere, he's gonna play. Yeah. And and Willis is right, Sky for the stack would have been a good call, but um, I don't know, man. Hunt Hunt is a tough value to pass up there, and, and Jameson is tough 17 picks behind ADP there for me as well. Mm. Like I would, I would have liked to take Sky there. I saw him on the list, but basically just want to take those guys more. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna run through our team real quick just for the uh, podcast listeners. So at quarterback, we have Mahomes. Running back right now, we have Brees Hall, Kareem Hunt. Wide receivers, we have Diggs, Moore, Judy, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, and then at tight end we have Travis Kelsey. And I think this team is shaping up for this us to win. Sick. I love having the four rookies. People are afraid to take rookies. Dude, they're still going to rise. It's a good time to load up on rookies. They're the key, man. They're like people don't think they matter as much in redraft. It's full on dynasty season, but rookies have upside. 
Yeah, like, effort. You want to win a tournament, you're, you want rookie upside. We just saw it with Jamar Chase last year, obviously. We saw it with uh, Jonathan Taylor the year before. I mean, those guys were superstars, but we have some of the best. We have the 101 and 102 in Dynasty drafts, and a lot of them. Mm-hmm. in uh Brees Hall and Traylon Burks. I mean, the, all four of the guys we have are going top six picks in, in Dynasty rookie drafts. These are the best players in this class. We got them at good prices. They're the kinds of guys that in best ball mania tournament time, end of the season, rookies tend to produce more towards the end of the year. Like these guys can be monster chips. And uh <laughs> just to tie up the Jamison Williams thing, when we have a wide receiver core with Diggs, Moore, Judy, Burks, like we can afford to take Jamison Williams because if we hit on him, then like it's just wheels yeah. up on that team. Absolutely um, agree with that. So we have a question in the chat that says, what are our thoughts on David Montgomery? And I think we usually just laugh at David Montgomery. Um, but to expand on it a little bit more, we don't know what the new coaching staff is going to think of him or the backup, Khalil Herbert. And my spider sense would say they're going to want to see what they have in Khalil Herbert as it's what he's only a second year player. So I just, I think the writing is going to be on the wall for David Montgomery either this year or the coming in the next year and a half or so. You got to shout out by force guy. Darrington Evans is on the roster now too. So I'm oh, Darrington Evans might just take the, the number one role. So what you're saying is if by doesn't take Darrington Evans in the 11th, he's a fraud. Zach Wilson, 10, 11. that was a tough stretch for us. Alberto, Zach Wilson, Sky Moore, that was a good tight end two candidate. Our QB mm-hmm. for our stack, Sky Moore. Oh, Jacoby Myers, the hits keep coming, man. Those are all good picks. <laughs> oh, we're, we're Wilson's not. not. I don't know why Myers. you're taking Wilson at 10, 11. Take Tua. Leave us Wilson. I don't right. even want to take him, but we have we have Jets on our team. Yeah, that's probably people. That's Felix. Felix won a million dollars last year on DraftKings playing best ball. So he feels as though he can just do whatever he wants, right? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I take back my criticism. (laughs) When I win a million dollars, I'll criticize. Um, Another guy that's been pretty interesting is Kenny Galladay. Were you on the Giants? I'm fine buying low on him as a bounce. But he's still a good football player. Like, really, really terrible first year. Injuries, bad offense. They got a new... Head coach, new system, should be better. Um, oh, he has Elijah Moore, he says in the chat. So uh, the Zach, Zach Wilson to Elijah Moore stack makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I think, yeah, at this price, take a swing at Galladay. Like, he's still in his prime. Like, he just signed a massive contract a year ago, and people were taking him in the fifth round. I didn't draft him in any leagues last year, but I want him in the 11th this year. Sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, we're going to be coming back up. I'm just going to kind of look through some of the positions right now. And So I love uh, my boy Rojo here as a, you know, continuing, a continuation of our KC stuff. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of those rookies too and young guys, but I think Rojo's a legitimately good runner and they didn't have that last year. And I think he's probably – uh, good enough to earn that work from man. MVS goes too. Earn that work. MVS has been all over the place in the drafts that I've. Where does Meekle go? Is he already gone? Or he's usually like 14th, I think, off the top of my head. We might want to hit him as well if we can later. Right. But uh, if we take Rojo, what is what's left at tight end? I think everybody went. So we're looking at like uh, Ertz, Fant, Komet. I'm AP. definitely down with Fan or Komet. I don't know how you feel about those guys, but. I like Komet. 
my thing is I'd want to push tight end okay, one more round. It. What about QB? Um, we haven't taken our second QB either. We're looking at Tannehill, Jones, Matt Ryan, Daniel Jones, Winston, Wentz. That, yeah, that's gross. Um, well, well, we can take another running back or another receiver. Any of these running backs standing out to you? Not particularly. What do we have at receiver? Uh, why don't we have Galladay? Let's take Galladay. We were just talking them up. I, I mean, again, just like the argument you made before, we have enough receivers that we can take a swing. And mm-hmm. I, I think Dable could be could be good for the Giants. And Galladay at this price is fine. I don't like want to be all over him, but it, it's yeah, gone, yeah. the hate's gone too far. He's good. Like yeah. he's not he's not bad at football. He's 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 good at football. I like to bust by him for his by him for his balls because he likes the Giants and I'm. And that's mostly just a bit, but I think the Giants could be better. I don't think they're going to be like one of the offenses we want to stack every single draft, but I definitely, I want some exposure to most of the main Giants players like Galladay. I want some Saquon here and there. The other Um, thing with Galladay here is, I I mean, I just, when, when projections come out and everything, I don't think Galladay goes to the 11, 12. No, you think he's going to move up? I think he's at least like a ninth round pick by, by August. Mm Mm-hmm. Personally, I mean, I think he should be, but we'll see. People yeah. might just be too snake bitten from last year. Again, I'm a guy who didn't take him in a single league last year, so maybe that's I. I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm like, all right, fine, I'll take him. No, I understand both sides of that too. That's like one of those things that you can get. Um, you're aware that Best Ball Mania they went back to 18 rounds, right? Just uh, and they were doing 20 rounds yeah. for everything. They went back to 18, which I actually like personally, because I think it separates them still from DraftKings a little bit. Um, and I'm all for not just drafting the same format on every single site. So I just want to keep that in your head just as we're building our construction. If there was a certain way you wanted to go and then we're like, oh, shit, we didn't grab enough. What do we have right now? So we're sitting on one a 1371 build at the moment. So we want to get couple more backs probably mm-hmm. i think we can go two and two at qb and tight end with mahomes and kelsey so it's kind of a question of it do we want to go two what two five nine two mm-hmm. that'd be kind of what i'm thinking we're we're trending towards yeah i mean i i mean the normal builds for me are two five nine two or two six eight two okay. depending depending on you know, like you said, who we have yeah. for quarterback, who we have for tight end, and kind of how our running backs run it. I like our running backs. Like, I think Hunt and Rojo are going to have roles. I think you can make a pretty good case that we're going to at least get volume. I kind of like when you get these types of backs, Hall, Hunt, and Jones, in the sense that, like, they're not necessarily projected for these massive workloads uh, in, in the sense that, Maybe that helps them stay healthier is basically where I'm going with this. Like, you right. know, they're, they're getting you some points and then they still have contingency value if the other backs in their backfield get hurt like midseason. And then they're getting the big workloads late in the year as opposed to trying to manage, you know, a 300 touch workload over the course of a whole year. I mean, we'll see, obviously, but I kind of like that we have guys that I think are going to be involved, get touches, get work from week one and also, you know, have potential to get into bigger workloads um, and also have 
I think a little bit less injury risk just because they're not getting as many touches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that our running backs stack up real nice. There's a couple other teams that I'd like to target towards this back end. Well, towards this middle-ish area that I'll bring up a little sure. bit closer to our picks if they're even there at that point. Um, but there's there's some guys that I still really like at almost every position probably except quarterback, but we expected that. I mean, it's just quarterback is just drying up. And I think part of it is in order to, especially in best ball, what people are looking at is who are the guys that can put, put up 40 and yeah. who, who can win you that championship week. And there's not a lot of guys that can put up 40 and at the quarterback position, especially the tail end guys are never going to do it. We're like, you might have a, uh, Rashad Penny from last year, who went usually either undrafted or in the 18th round, was the guy that you needed in the 17th round. You're really not getting that with a quarterback probably 99% of the time is what I would say. It would take it would take Lamar getting hurt and Tyler Huntley having like this banana game that you decided to take him in the 18th round for some reason. is like the only thing I can think of or one of the rookies really just surpassing what we thought they were going to be. So I think people are just pounding quarterbacks a lot earlier than they than they have the last five years or so. Um, but we have Patrick Mahomes. So we have. But that's my point: is we have Mahomes, so that's great, and we could just get another guy. We don't need a three quarterback build, um, which is going to be more popular this year as well. <clears throat> if you get shut out. On so, that note, mm-hmm. I think we got to take Daniel Jones here. We took Galladay. Malik Willis is there for Tannehill. There's not a lot left. I don't want to be taking Wentz. I don't want to – Winston and Goff are the other dudes that probably have some job security, but we already have Galladay. I mean, I think Jones is a clear one. The other yeah. guy that I think was a pretty clear one here, and I don't know, you, you were mentioning running backs, but Komet is still there at tight end. Yeah, my question with Komet is you like him over Tanyan? Because I, I love yes. I love Tanyan this year. I, I'm fine with Tanyan, but um, – Komet's like a young tight end that could actually be really productive. And Jimmy Graham's now gone. He took a lot of the red zone stuff. They don't have pass catchers. Like somebody's got to catch. Komet could legit have like a 20% target share. Like yeah. He's one of my favorite mid-round tight ends. To get him here, I'm actually feeling like we have two. Like you're kind of punting the second tight end when you get Kelsey, but it feels like a gift to have at 14.01 another tight end that you think actually could legit be a top five tight end. And I don't know that I think Tanyan can be that. Mm. I mean, there's similar issues at wide receiver for the Packers, but Tanyan just a lot older, not somebody that has like a profile like Komet did in college where you're actually, you know, you're looking at a guy who was a solid draft pick, had a you know, receiving profile in college, has a couple decent years to start his career, has size, has a lot of the stuff that you look for. Um, and, and Titans break out later. We know that. And so like this could be, you know, sort of, that's the valid. year that he's sort of just coming through his natural progression. I don't mind Tunyon at all. I think he definitely still has value. Like in Dynasty, I was trying to trade him this offseason in one league, and people like don't want to trade him for anything because he got yeah. hurt last year. He only has the one good year a couple years ago, and he's older. But like I think he's still starting tight end that's worth something in a tight end premium league that in for Dynasty stuff that people should be trading for him, but or, or like be willing to give up like a you know 
fourth round rookie pick or something, you know, or third round rookie pick, but people don't want to do that. Uh, I've always been on commit. Like last year, I think he was my most owned player across all contests. I think I had like 32% exposure to commit. Uh, Obviously it didn't work out last year. And I think if I wasn't so just like worried about what that offense is going to be, I'd be way higher on commit because I still think he is capable of doing everything you just said. It just felt like with Tanyan, it's the same to your point. Like you just said, it's like almost the same thing, except Rogers, when Tanyan's on field, he always finds them. Yeah. Type that's of he definitely has more like 10 TD upside than Komet does. With yeah. Komet, it's like I think Komet has more 80 catch upside. He has more ability to just rack up targets in a way that Tanyan's not going to get there. But I, uh, I also like a lot of these second tight ends or like if you're doing a three tight end build i don't hate some of the guys that are still on board so if we go to jacksonville i i I know we do this every year but i don't hate ingram if he's your second or third tight end i don't hate uzoma like you were saying they brought him over for a reason i'm i'm real interested in trey mcbride in arizona i'm still trying to figure that one out is it's a good prospect but yeah it might be tough this year because it's yeah but like is Ertz just so so old that they're going to try to turn McBride into something this year, or is he going to be a project where most of the tight ends usually are? So that's another one that I've been trying to figure out. And I've been grabbing McBride as like a third tight end. If I miss out on some of the top tier tight ends. Yeah. I say it like I've drafted a hundred teams in best ball mania. This is like my fifth one, which is still probably a lot. Um, And I saw people in the chat talking about needing to pace themselves because it's May. And I think that's a big thing for, you know, best ball mania where people just get so excited to draft. If you blow all your shots in May, you might really screw up being able to draft with some of the, some of the like lesser capable players that are going to be firing like two weeks before the draft without having looked at anything. Yeah. I know people like to say that they want to play because they know all the information. Then they know who's starting and blah, blah, blah. But for me, it's, I know that the field's weaker towards that point. Yep. So that's why I like drafting at that point. Personally, I think it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I just saw Algier go off rookie Tyler Algier go off the board. I think that was a really good pick this late. I mean, he's going to play some for Atlanta this year for sure. Who do we have at running back? We only have the three. And you yeah. said there's some some uh, teams that you're thinking about targeting. Yeah, they're they're gone now though. Okay. Um, so what I was going to bring up is like right in that little mid that 13th round or so like if i'm grabbing a zero rb build i like trying to grab mostert yeah i know i know he's old but yeah no i like him but my whole my whole point with mostert is he's going over with his old offensive coordinator he knows the offense he knows what they want to do over there so they're always going to run two backs there probably i would assume yeah so I'm not looking for him to be like my bell cow, but just he's the guy that yeah, can get he's us gonna some, have some plays. Scroll down here because we're almost on the clock. I don't have any idea where, where to go here. I, wanna, right. I, I was thinking running back. Scroll down running back a little. So it gets ugly. Yeah, it's not pretty. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we're starting to get into like James White, Jerick McKinnon, Pierre Strong. You know Benjamin stuff. So Zamir White, I think is is a, a pretty solid bet. The 
Raiders took him to be sort of their number two. If Josh Jacobs gets hurt, he's a decent 15th round handcuff. I like the James White call as well. I'd be fine double tapping those two. I mean, I know it's a little early, but. Do you want to get anything else before well, we take Yeah, White? let's look at receiver. Because that's, we're good on QB and tight end now. Oh, man, I would take Julio. Yeah. There's a I've lot been... of receiving groups that could that could add him. Yeah. Packers would still add him. Yep. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I've been grabbing a ton of Julio around here just because of upside of the players that are left on the board. I mean, as much as I like KJ Osborne, especially if like Thielen got hurt or something like that, Julio can step in. And if he has anything in the tank still, he's going to outperform like any dude that is on this yep. list that we're scrolling through. Yeah, and, it's it's too late for him to be going. Yeah, so I agree. So 16th round Julio I mean, you, Jones. If you're not taking him before now, then you're saying he's going to retire, which is, I think, a potential risk. But the second he signs, he's going higher than this. It doesn't matter what team he's on. He's Julio Jones. Right. I mean, people were talking about Tampa, and you're like, okay, well, Tampa's got a lot of other weapons. But if he signs on Tampa, he's going higher than this just because, you know. Yeah, and if you're taking him as our what? What was he, our eighth? Our eighth Julio Jones is our eighth wide receiver. Feels pretty good. Which tells you that, like, you know, like all he needs to do is perform in like two or three weeks for us, theoretically, and we're and we're solid. So, yeah, I mean, I'll 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 hit the Julio Jones button in the 16th round almost every time, if if that's what my build is going for, which is most builds. Most builds, I'm going to be like, yeah, I can take another wide receiver right here, and if it's Julio Jones, great. So at the moment, he'll probably end up being one of my most owned players, just based on where he's going, and. He could jump up to like, he could get steamed to like the seventh round, sixth round if he goes to Green Bay. Like, we saw what was getting drafted in the sixth and seventh round. We like a lot of those players, but you start saying, yeah, Julio with Aaron Rodgers, people are going to buy into it and they're just going to steam up the board as much as they can. For sure. I'm wondering. I'm wondering, uh, I mean, I like that we got Daniel Jones and Komet, but if we, because we had a nice first three running backs, we pushed it a little far because mm-hmm. it does feel dusty right here. I, I'm not in love with the Zamir White pick. I think he's fine, but, I mean, I think he was, what, a day three pick, and then you have um, and Drake still there, and they brought in Brandon Bolden. Yeah, he was a fourth rounder. That's not terrible. I think he was like RB4 in the draft. So there's only like three in the first three rounds. But I mean, it's not I, great. I do, I do think we have to go RBRB for our last two picks. Um, I don't think we have to. I like our first three quite a bit, but because I, I just don't feel like these guys add a ton. I mean, I definitely think we need to take at least one more shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't mind it if you want to. We do well, have eight really good receivers. That, that's but. my point is we have like eight really, really good wide receivers. So which receiver on this board is really adding to our team? Um, it would Did Meikle probably... ever go? I forgot about Meikle. We never got another. Yeah, he, he must have went. We would have looked at him when yeah. we were going to be looking at him around like the 13th. Well, Shepard gives us a double stack for the Giants. And I think Shepard is still yeah, that's underrated. A that's a good point. Shepard is still there. Um just kind of scrolling through wide receiver just to see if there was anyone else that would jump out. I mean, Duvernay from Baltimore. 
No, not for me. I mean, he's, I just don't. He think... was like a kick returner. He mostly did like jet motion stuff last year. He's not really a legit receiver. He, they, they might manufacture him touches, but mm. not, not a guy that I think has like yeah big big upside to pop. For me, it would be guys like that Romeo Dobbs or Dubes guy from mm-hmm. that Green Bay took. He has a profile that suggests he could be a pretty good target earner, and, and Green Bay has the available opportunity for it. Um, it'd be a guy like Shepard who could do it. It'd be a guy like Visca betting on him i mean i know everyone's sick of visca but at this point like you're talking about a guy who had injury issues his first year and then played under urban meyer in the second year like i'm not certain that he sucks everyone else seems to be um it's just it's just a question of what they're doing with that offense with just all the pieces they brought in right and this might not even play right right it's like it's not great but i mean in the 17th or 18th round a profile like his guys like that have broken out in year three Devontae adams was viewed similarly after his first two years. He was viewed as like literally being one of the worst receivers in the NFL. Tyler Boyd, two horrible seasons to start his career, came out, has been really good since. And the the reason I'm using those guys as comps is they were similar, really strong age-adjusted producers in college who Mm -hmm. struggled early, but then the production came through in year three and and beyond. Um, Is there? I think James, James White never went, did he? James White. Let's scroll. No, he's there still he there. Let's take him. That's fine. I'm fine with taking a share of James White. I um, mean, they got a lot of running backs, but they're still going to use him in their pass catching role, don't you think? Oh, definitely. He's he's like locked into that third down role for sure. Um, so the question now is, you don't want to take Shepard and, and do a double stack, or I'm I'm fine with taking another receiver. I just thought I think it's Visker or Shepard in terms of raw like impact for this pick. Uh, if you had to pick one, who do you like more? Well, I think Shepard makes more sense with our build, but I I like Visco more. (laughs) Let's just do Visco. That's the 18th pick. Let's do it. Let's have fun. We got to roll the clip. For the brand, right? Yeah. You got to do it for the brand. Um, I think we'll go over our team in a second. I just think our one mistake might've been, we shot, we probably should have taken one more running back after Ronald Jones. A little stronger I, than Zamir White, I agree. Yeah, but I, I, I do think James White's a pretty good fourth in terms of like just having points, so you're not taking zeros. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. So let's go over our roster real quick. We got Mahomes and Daniel Jones at quarterback. Brees Hall, Kareem Hunt, Ronald Jones, Zamir White, and James White for running backs. Diggs, Moore, Judy, Burks, Wilson, Garrett Wilson. Jamison Williams, Kenny Galladay, Julio Jones, Visca, and Kelsey Komet. I think it's all in all a pretty fucking solid team, to be honest with you. I I, I love this team, dude. This is a good team. Yeah. I there's think definitely it, different ways we could have played it. I'm right there with you that I wish Jameer Jones was a stronger RB4. Um, yeah. But sort of the trade-off was to get Daniel Jones and to get Komet at that turn. Yeah. We had a pretty big gap between – yeah, you know, we picks before them, and then when we were back on the clock, it's what happens when you're on the turn and you're like, Man, we, we're gonna hit QB2 and tight end two here. It's it's a really good opportunity to do both of those things. And then you're like, Well, we just went 48 picks between our running back picks, you know. <laughs> now we're now we're down to Zavir White. <laughs> like that's what happens. Right. And I think I think the biggest dynamic that I have to get used to again is just the quarterback part because even those, you know, Daniel Jones would have went in like the 17th, 16th round last year. 
and we had to get him wherever we had to get him, like the thirteenth round. So like every yeah. quarterback's getting pushed up, and I think I we feel all... like we got pretty lucky to get him there too because we were at a point where you're looking at pretty unstable starters in terms of you know sixteen game starters. Although Casey just got golf here in the eighteenth, I think golf's pretty locked into to sixteen games or seventeen games now. Yeah, golf might actually be like the best late round quarterback, especially if Detroit. Detroit's trying to do something with that offense. I mean, I was hating on Swift earlier, but I like it now with bringing in Williams, having Amon Ra, having um, who else did they bring in? DJ Chark with Hawkinson. Like, if Goff can do anything, we've seen him have a decent year when he had everything around him before. Yeah, that getting Goff like in the 18th round, just backdooring a Detroit stack might. My issue with Goff in best ball specifically is just he doesn't really have a weekly ceiling i was looking up the other day because we were having this conversation on one of the other shows and his highest in in four point per td passing leagues his highest single week score in the last three years is like 25.2 i think it was like because he provides nothing as a rusher you can't even get like 30 rush yards i mean he had one game last year where he ran for like 40 yards but uh, I think it's his only 30-yard rushing game of his entire career. Yeah, so you're getting one like, of those weird plays where the quarterback just has the entire was. side of the field. He ran for like 30 <laughs> yards on one play, and it was yeah. more than he's had in a game, any other game in his career on that one play. Um, but so yeah, you have to basically have three, four pass touchdown game. He had some of those earlier in his career with the Rams, where he had some real ceiling. But like mm-hmm. those Rams teams were top three in points scored. You know, the Lions are not going to be like that. They're not going to score 35 points often. So. It's a little bit, um, little bit tough to see his weekly upside now. In a two QB build with like a Mahomes, you're kind of just hoping you have another starter there in case, you know, Mahomes gets hurt or something. But for the most part, you're just you're banking yeah. on Mahomes having a big year. Do you want to roast Bime Force team and then we'll get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so he's got Lance and Tua at quarterback. Sweet. So he has no quarterbacks. So he has no quarterbacks. He's got. Javante, Javante Williams, Travis Etienne, Alexander Madison, Gainwell, Daryl Henderson, and Dante Foreman at running back. I mean, I like Javante and Etienne. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. And Gainwell. I like Madison this year too. Yeah, and I, I think Henderson's a good pick too. Yeah, right. he, did, <laughs> he did all right. It he did all right at running. It's back. fine. I don't like Dante Foreman though. I don't know. I just I think it's gonna be nothing with him this year, especially with Chuba behind there. Uh, then he's got Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddle, Mike Williams, Gabriel Davis, Brandon Ayuk, David Bell, Jalen Tolbert, and Byron Pringle, who's not even going to play football this year. Yeah, Byron Pringle's bad and yeah. uh, also might be in, in legal trouble. Yeah, he's bad, and Byron Force should feel bad for picking him. David then- Bell and Jalen Tolbert are two really good late rookie picks, and I like the rest of the receivers, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to yeah. bash any of that. I mean, you can't you can't bash receivers. Receivers are great. No. He knows how to take the downfield guys with TD profiles. He's got Mike Williams. He's got Gabe Davis. He knows what he's doing. Then he's got Schultz and Everett for his tight ends. And I like those tight ends too, personally. Yeah. So I can't I can't rip his team too much, other than the fact that this team's no going to score a, a lot of points for a team that gets zeros from quarterback by week eight because both of his quarterbacks aren't starting. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going to love to watch this team just – it's just going to come up short every week from being able to advance, and we're just going to be like, wow, this team's really, really good if only it had a starting quarterback on the roster because Tua got benched for sucking too bad. Teddy Bridgewater and Jimmy G are going to be staring by him for in the face. (laughs) 
<laughs> Just uh, look at me. I'm the captain now meme from, yes. from whatever Tom Hanks movie that is. Uh, all right, man. Well, I'm going to let you get out of here. We spent a little over an hour on this draft. So anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, just stealing bananas, ship chasing, or the pods. Uh, the newsletter is bengresh.substack.com. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us for this draft, and we'll do this again some point, Gretch. Yeah, for sure. That was a lot of fun. All right. Peace, guys.